start the show. Let's and let's start the show. Welcome to Question Block, Secret Lofts, historical educational podcast. <laughs> tangled up in your tool. Uh, this week we're talking about the Wizard of Oz. And the, the Wiz and, and Friends of Dorothy. Yeah, the entire history of uh, Frank Baum's fever dream that is the Wizard of Oz and all the interpretations since. And um, why it's a it's a gay it's gay canon. <laughs> why is gay canon? Camp canon. camp icons. Yeah. Camp icons. Um, queer icons maybe had something to do with the beginnings of the Stonewall riots. Yeah, may have inspired the Stonewall riots. Important part of Pride. Um, so let's start off. I guess we'll just oh. who's your who's your favorite. What did you want to? Oh, I was like, if you're listening to this later in the future, we're going to talk about our costumes because we always dress up because it's fun. Important for the podcast listeners to know. Yes. Okay. So who are you right now? I am Glenda, the Good Witch of the North. <laughs> nice. And just describe, perhaps for the listeners, what's what's going what's going into this outfit that you have. There's a lot of tool. A lot of tool. A lot of tool. Mm-hmm. A see-through iridescent crown, huge uh, shoulder poof, shoulder poofs. They're not really shoulder pads. Uh-huh. Maybe they are. I don't know. I'm padded for. Uh-huh. I'm padded for the gods. Nice, and I'm dressed. I'm just cowardly lion. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I have some some nice lion ears, and I got a cute little tail. Which you're holding. She holds. He constantly is holding his little tail. He's yeah. He is a big tail. <laughs> yeah. You have a cute little tail. So, yeah, who's your favorite character in The Wizard of Oz? Glinda. Is it Glinda? I love Glinda. I loved Glinda when I was, when, like, the first time that I saw it, too. Mm. And I had a, a Glinda, like, toy that I was so excited. She was, like, a hard plastic toy, but her crown was still sort of, like, iridescent see-through. And uh, Did it come in, like, a giant bubble? I wish. <laughs> if that's her, like, vehicle. I love bubblegum, though, so. They're pretty similar. Yeah. yeah. I loved it. Ba- I loved it then. I loved it for always and ever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, my favorite character would have to be... Uh, I'm going to go with the lion. He's He's just far and away... Especially in the movie, he's the funniest character. He's like the best. He's the campiest and like most ridiculous. Yeah. And he has the most like self discovery that happens. He's a Leo too. Like the actor is a Leo. And I am a Leo. And you're a Leo. So, yeah. So very important. Yeah. So let's, we, we've learned so much trivia in the past week and the rest of our lives about The Wizard of Oz. So let's start telling people. Stuff. Yeah. What do you want to start with the books? Sure. Books and Frank Baum. So yeah. So The Wizard of Oz was written by Frank Baum published in the year 1900. Uh, Frank Baum himself, uh, his personal life, he's kind of like the actual fictional character of the Wizard of Oz because he was sort of uh, traveled around doing like odd jobs. So he was born, he's from upstate New York. Just Um, like the wizard. It's like the wizard. He didn't come from a very rich family, right? This is like late 1800s, which is pretty good time actually. There was, I don't know. like to be an American, I guess. So he, uh, his father uh, financed him. He loved the stage and plays. And his father financed a playhouse that he like bought in upstate New York. He had his own secret loft, basically. And then it burned down. 
because everything burned down back then, okay. which was so. Oh, oh wait. and ironically, hi Ian. Oh, hey, right? Yeah. 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 Hey. I, ironically, the Frank Baum, the author of The Wizard of Oz, his playhouse burned down during a production of a play that he wrote that was called Matches. That's hilarious. Sad. <laughs> yeah, really hilarious. So his playhouse burns down. He like kind of goes bankrupt. Um, during that time, he had he like met and married his wife, who he like really adored throughout his life. He had like some cute story too. I forget what it was, but it was like cute. Yeah, there's a lot of very sweet stories, and yeah. and keep in mind this is like the late 1800s. He was a, a women could not vote. He was a woman suffragist, um, which was actually like relatively rare at the time. So he was very progressive because he really thought his wife was brilliant. I think and was convinced. Yeah. Kind of, he's kind of racist, but um... yeah, we'll get to the racism. <laughs> yeah, Honey, everyone was racist. I, well, not everyone. The funny thing is. He was racist. I was yeah. telling you about him and I was like, yeah, he was just kind of like a great, nice guy. And then within like three minutes, you were like, oh, yeah. And uh, he called for like the sterilization the of like the extermination or the extermination. The yeah. So upstate Yikes. New York, his business burns down his playhouse. So he moved to uh, the like Dakota, North Dakota, South yeah. Dakota, were the Dakota territories at the time. They weren't yet states. Uh, and so it was primarily like it was recently stolen Native American land. So he moved to like some town in the Dakotas and opened a trading post. And he was a very generous guy. So because his his like trading post went bankrupt because he just yeah, I was like a little too generous. He kept selling stuff on or giving it away on credit, basically. Uh, so he went bankrupt. Um, but and so once his store went bankrupt, he then I guess being an enterprising guy, he took over editing the local newspaper and this is pre-internet, pre-radio, really? pre-television. So <gasps> the newspaper was it. That was the media, right? He mm -hmm. he was Jeff Bezos. <laughs> I don't know who owns the Washington Post, but uh, whatever. He was Jeff. He, he was like, yeah. So he he's he's gets a job in media, and he was a pretty good writer. So he wrote for like was the editor of this local newspaper. He would also tell stories to his kids. And his wife was like, you should write this down. And then and then uh, he wrote The Wizard of Oz. Well, in the newspaper, he had a column called Our Landlady. I don't know why it was called that. And he would write fictional stories in that or humorous stories. So he like worked his chops. And he made really good friends with one of the cartoonists at the newspaper as well, mm -hmm. like a political cartoonist, who later went on to illustrate The Wizard of Oz. So, yeah. But yes, in one of the editorial columns for that newspaper, he called for the wholesale extermination That's, of the Native Americans. Yeah. And it's great because the phrase, the way he wrote the sentence is like, we have wronged these people for centuries, but we should so do- So let's do it 100%. For the protection of ourselves so they don't ever get back at us, we should do one more wrong and just exterminate them entirely. Yeah. Yeah, very dark. Um, but, but but yes, he he he- had kids and would tell them stories. Yeah. And uh, his kids. You know that Dorothy him. was named after his dead niece? Yes. Because they would, yeah, him and his wife would like go over and read to her the story, which is like they had like five kids. Like just read to your own kids. She died in, yeah, five months. And the wife like really liked the niece. And I'm like, you have like so many other kids at home. Like hang out with them. I don't know. The five month old has a ton of personality yet, but I, yeah, it's sad. But yeah. But I mean, but the, but I just think it's it's funny that like they did have a lot of kids and they had like a happy marriage, I think. And 
yeah, he's like, this is going to be named after my niece. <laughs> yeah, so so he and the... Because uh, remember, he had stage experience and he run a theater. So he uh, his actual... His first book was... He took a bunch of Mother Goose rhymes and wrote them in prose. Doesn't that he have one that's out. like Father Goose too? He's like Father Goose, Mother Goose. I think but. at some at some point he had a follow up called Father Goose. But, yeah. But it was, I guess he like got very good at writing prose for children. So, in like that was published in like 1897, 1898, his first book, and it did really well, and was supporting him. And then he wrote The Wizard of Oz, and so like he was a known author when The Wizard of Oz came out in 1900. And it was the best-selling children's book for the next two years. And then he wrote 14 or 13 more of them. Throughout his life, he wrote 13 more. In 1902, uh, he and a producer put on a stage version. So, like, yeah, just two years after the book came out, there there was a play, The Wizard of Oz. And it's cool because uh, I think in the second, was the second Return to Oz, there's a male protagonist. And... So it's the first book is called The Wonderful Wizard of Oz, and the male protagonist the terrible is, Wizard of Oz. It's called The Marvelous Wizard of Oz. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. He loves okay. his, his superlatives. Yeah, great. Very creative with his titles. Mm-hmm. Mother Goose, Father Goose. <laughs> mm-hmm. But the the protagonist of the the second one or one of the sequels is a male, and he finds out the the. I guess pre- the previous history of Oz, and he finds out that there used to be a before the wizard there was a a queen or princess Ozma, mm-hmm. and then he finds out that he's Ozma, like in a past life. Oz canon is like deep, but it's, I'm just like it's that's, like Marvel comics. But it's it, like... no, but okay. The, the point is like before the movie and all the like campiness and that like gay iconography he had a trans protagonist which is pretty cool wait oh, and then what it's, was it's worth noting what is the boy's name the boy's name is tip which is short for tipitarius <laughs> which is amazing yeah oh wait is that because he's like tiptoeing is that like a dinosaur Frank that Baum was just a really creative guy um yeah. it's like uh yeah son of Son slash daughter of King Pastoria. Yeah. Uh, it sounds like Astoria Queens. Pastoria. He's a, he's a queen. Well, the pastoral. some queens from Astoria. Pastorals. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, Frank Baum was asked. They, like, you know, throughout the rest of his life, he was a famous author, having written The Wizard of Oz. And it was, did all these interviews and, and people were like, oh, what were your influences? Like, we noticed, like, did you maybe borrow from, like, I don't know. Swan Lake with the transformation or these fairy tales. Oh. It's very Brothers Grimm influenced. And he, he said he was yeah, he was I like, I one. wanted to do the Brothers Grimm, but without like and, and Hans Christian Anderson, but without the horror. I wanted to make it sort of uniquely optimistic and American. American. He wanted an American folk story. Or fairy tale, really. Because yeah. as we talked about in our previous episode about fairy tales, the Brothers Grimm and Hans Christian Anderson original stories are really dark and there's a lot of like death and dis- disfigurement and stuff. So Frank Baum was like, I like the wonder and the magic. Maybe I could just keep those and like, yeah, get get rid of the, uh, you know, the mermaid 
like in her feet <gasps> feeling like stepping on glass oh, or whatever. Like, get, never and get like, rid of the mermaid. But, but yeah, his creatures are a lot more, as you've probably noticed, like compared, The Wizard of Oz is a whole nother level of like upbeat and campy compared to like a Disney, even a Disney like princess story. So there's there's a conspiracy, I guess. I don't know if it's a conspiracy, but it there's um, a theory that we should debunk. Mm. Uh, the because there were there were political interpretations, you know, because Frank Baum didn't give people the answer that they wanted, which was like the sim the symbolic uh, answer. Because he was like, I just wanted to write he, a cute he, story. He did also. He said it was it might have he credit he was Methodist and credited to divine inspiration, and he was like, I think the great creator may have wanted to say something through me, which is a. So there that's is cute. that's cute, pompous, but yeah, there's the the monetary policy. Okay, the monetary that's I was just looking. So there's a there's a teacher named Henry Littlefield in 1964, and he was like, "How do I teach history and like have my students be not bored?" And he created the monetary allegory, which is like because the original slippers were in the book was they were silver and and that's better than gold, you know, and, and like and Oz is short for, OZ, for ounces. For yeah, exactly. And, uh, they, they do mention there's like a handful of historical references in the wizard of Oz. Cause they talk about John D Rockefeller could get you oil for like yeah. the scarecrow and the, the scare for the, for the tin Sorry, man, the, tin man. Um, the scarecrow is a representation so of the American farmers. Oh, the tin God. man represents industrial workers, the cowardly lion, is a metaphor for William Jennings Bryan. Yeah. <laughs> um, but come on, you know. Well, that, but I mean, he used it to teach. He yeah. used it to teach um, his history class, and it works with his students. But then he wrote a book about it, and he like now I don't know. Now people are like, oh, that is really what it's about, but it's not. <laughs> no, he acknowledged that. That teacher acknowledges someone. He was like, this is totally conjecture. I just think it's a cool way to teach history. Right, like the but. Period. Of course, like people are annoying, and so they like messed it all up. Yeah. So we're gonna unmess it. Sometimes, up. as yeah, as Freud would say, the Wizard of Oz is just the Wizard of Oz. Exactly, and it's about your father. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so should we talk about the movie? Well, yes. Real, yeah, we will because that's like what everybody knows the Wizard of Oz from. Not that many people these days probably have read the book, but. It's, it is, like, very useful to point out 40 years passed, right? And other movies were made. Wait, they were? There's hundreds of adaptations. In the 1920s, a silent film was made that removed all the magic from the characters. Oh, other um, Oz films were made. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. I thought you just meant other films. movies in general. Like, oh. the book and then the movie and no nothing else happened. No, art continued to be made. But uh, in the 1920s, a, a silent film Wizard of Oz adaptation was done that was like nobody liked because they and they totally rewrote the plot. And I don't think it really stood the test of time. And uh, Frank Baum died in the 20s, I think, maybe 30s. But he died like well before the movie was made. Oh, um, that's sad. I don't know. He made it to like his mid 60s, which is like pretty great in the early 1900s. Um, he wrote 14 other Oz books, and then after he died, like, his estate, other people wrote more Oz books. There's, like, a hundred of them so out many. there. So many. Okay, but can so, we talk about the movie? Yeah, so then the... That's really the point I wanted to make. It'd be like if a book was published in 1980, 
and today they were making like the first film adaptation of it. I mean, yeah. Okay. All right. I mean, yeah, sure. <laughs> I, I, okay. If, if yeah. Cool. It happens, I guess. I don't know. Blade Runner, I guess, was. I mean, that was only like twenty. Yeah. Years all right. Years okay. After Whatever. That. Anyway, I just can't wait to talk about the movie because it's so. Let's campy. talk about the movie. Nineteen thirty-nine. Yeah. Let's talk about it. Metro Goldwyn Mayer buys the rights to like make the Wizard of Oz. They decide to do the it lion, right? With the, the lion roars in the Metro Goldwyn Mayer mm -hmm. like logo. And they uh, decide to produce it in Technicolor, which was not a new technology. The Wizard of Oz was not the first color movie. Technicolor was developed in the, like, the late 20s. So <gasps> it had been around, but it wasn't necessarily that popular because often like the printing process was like pretty difficult. Um, you had to use super bright lights because uh, the so cameras the weren't as good and the film wasn't as good back then. So it was super hot on set. So despite having the ability to do color films since like the 20s, a lot of studios still did black and white or even still did silent films because like they had really like nailed the technology. They hated people talking. They were like, shut up. Well, if you ever watch, what, uh, what is that? There is a film about like the end of the silent film era. And there were a lot of people who were like, it's ridiculous. You shouldn't have, what is with these people talking in these movies? <laughs> I want organ music. <laughs> and from a live uh, organist and yeah there are totally people who are like talking is ruining the, the it's pictures. rude and i don't like it everyone sounds stupid yeah it's so funny how they all talk too the you Atlantic. Might, well the sound like sucked back then too right is so that like, what they talk they're like they're all like oh my goodness i'm talking in a movie that was silent before but now i'm talking that's how everyone that's sounded exactly and then they. Yeah. I'm a child, but I'm talking like a forty-year-old man, and a little bit like, like Mae West. <laughs> uh -huh. So, so anyway, Technic oh. Technicolor was known Hi. for having really like brilliant, vibrant colors. And Not by much. the time they went to produce The Wizard of Oz, they had nailed it, as we all know, because that movie looks amazing. And they really gave license to the costume crew and the How set they... designers to make a really gorgeous-looking film. How did they do the like transition? Oh, it's pretty cool. Tell me. Yeah. Tell me. So it was it was one of the right they had a their budget by the way, three million dollars. <gasps> okay. Uh back then, which is even today oh, would be a lot uh for a film. Um but it was like they're right, they're adapting a best selling children's book. So like they're pretty confident it's gonna do well. Yeah. And uh so yeah, the like the tornado scene. Ooh, in the book? It yeah. was actually not a tornado. It was a cyclone. Cyclone, yeah. It's the same. Bitch went to Coney Island. She got on the roller coaster. How rude that they locked Dorothy out of the cellar. I know. It's <laughs> that's okay. So the movie is like super campy. Like I was. I'll never get over that. Rewatching, <laughs> like just parts that like totally flew over my head when I was like a young. house. Yeah, like a house, right? Like. They're just literally like, she's like, oh, oh my gosh, like, let me. And they're just like, no. And they, they're like, we have to count our chickens. Goodbye. And she's <laughs> like, please, please. Yeah. Oh, because she. It's because she lives with her aunt. So she's like an adopted orphan, I guess. They yeah. Treat, and they she, treat her badly. She ran away. They didn't, I guess they didn't know that she was like back. Because she like, right? Because like. The, she she the, runs away because they're going to put her dog to sleep. No, because her, because they're not gonna put it to sleep. Yeah, the dog, the dog bites her bitchy neighbor. 
Yeah. And the neighbor gets, like, she's like, that dog will be destroyed. Yeah. Kill Toto. <laughs> Which is also so campy. It'll be destroyed. That's what, I believe that's the actual, like, quote. No, yeah, I that's why I was do, like, they don't say, yeah. like, we're going to put him down. She's like, I'll destroy him. That dog will be destroyed. And she says that he's a menace, and he's, like, a t- little bitty terrier. Like, he's, like, the cutest little boo. little terrier. Yeah, and she's like, no, not my dog. And then she goes, yeah, she goes to, like, try and... Uh, try and find them to go find better play a better place where they're not going to take her dog away. Oh, so it is. It's also where we'll set up like the making of the movie, right? So like Metro Golden Meyer like buys the rights. They get a producer um, who's like very excited about the project. Let me pull his name real quick. Um, producer was Mervyn Leroy. So Mervyn Leroy is super excited. These names. <laughs> Mervyn Leroy. Um, so. But then, like, the entire production was, like, very troubled. So Yes. Well, we'll talk about that as it comes up, the different things. Oh, okay. I thought we wanted to set it up. Do you want to just talk about the film? Yeah. Just, like, we'll break, we'll go, okay. like, into we'll the, yeah. It. Okay. So, um, yeah, the transition from the, right, so the, they filmed the whole thing, and they did hand, originally they were going to hand color a lot of like color correcting stuff or whatever yeah there's a lot of special effects which at that point were just like overlaying to like film strips so to create like Linda's bubble for example yes um well i mean yeah but the the shot where dorothy walks out of the house and she's in a black and white a sepia tinted house yeah is they actually made a house painted the entire interior like sepia color and that whole shot is because it's a long shot right? yeah it is yeah it actually is like it's 1939 it's and at the time it blew everyone's <laughs> it's 1939 the shot went on until 1949 that's all he shot really i mean that's regarded as one of like the the like a, it's still today you watch it and it's like a pretty amazing Wait, piece so of that, cinema so they, they painted they it they painted the entire interior of the house sepia colored they had dorothy's or you know judy garland's stunt double um is wearing a sepia colored dress and you see her back and and the the camera starts panning forward and she steps back out of the frame and then judy garland in the blue dress steps forward that's crazy i didn't know that and then and then munchkin land is like a giant super colorful set so as the camera comes out of the house which was like is basically painted sepia colored it's all but the whole shot is actually in color that's wild. It's really cool. Oh that my they, god, that's so cool. Right? They like painted someone. They didn't do that with like post production. It's like in camera with practical effects. They created wow. like a transition she, from a black the, and white scene to color. The Dorothy stunt double was like a horse of a different color, but like of sepia. Yeah. That's awesome. Horse the horses were colored with gelatin. With jello, yeah. <laughs> but Yeah. Which is so it's kind of dark because isn't gelatin made from horses? Oh gross. Yeah. <gasps> Oh, so apparently mm-hmm. there's there is a shot if you like watch closely as Dorothy is walking out of the house. I guess the the because it still is a super brightly lit set. The there is a little reflection of, from the sepia like door frame onto her like white blouse, and Ooh. you can kind of you can tell that like that actually is the color of that wall. Uh oh. Very subtle, very subtle Exposed, Easter egg huh? for you. <laughs> Yeah. But uh, that entire scene is regarded as one of, you know, probably like top 10 moments in cinema. Yeah. Right? Okay, should we talk about the casting? So, like, originally they wanted Shirley Temple, a famous, famous virgin drink. 
mm-hmm. and child star, but she was too busy. She's like, no, I can't even. This is also back in the days when the studios had like basically lifetime contracts with their actors. Yeah. And belonged to like a studio. So Judy Garland. So a lot was just like, it wasn't actors hopping between studios from picture to picture. You can get to choose. You would just be like, the studio's like, hey, guess what? You're next week. You're working on like this. Yeah, one. they were like, let's let's oh let's see who's in the who's in the green room right now. So they picked Judy yeah, Garland. They picked Judy Garland. They decided to screen test her, and they're like, well, she's kind of fat and she's kind of old for the for like the role. She's like sixteen. They're like, she's a little big. She has two big like boobs, but we'll make it work. And they originally wanted to put her in like make her look like Shirley Temple, and they put like. This like baby makeup on her and like a, a blonde wig, and they were like, "No, it's well, too." No, they actually. So the movie, like, as part of its troubled like production, it had three different directors. So the first yeah. director wanted basically was like, "I'm going to make Judy Garland look like Shirley Temple and put her in a blonde and in wig the and book, baby makeup." I think, I think that's how she looked too. She was younger and blonde. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, the, yeah, that so that director filmed like. I think like like a a good number of scenes, not like the the whole Munchkin thing, but but film like Munchkin thing, film like probably twenty percent of the movie, and then was fired because the producer had been watching like the dailies or whatever as <laughs> for the film, and so uh, to his credit, Mervyn Leroy or whatever watching. Oh, and also the, the original director, I forget his name, but the original director was overworking the actors. Well, I mean, f- come on. It was Hollywood in the, in the 30s. So he was doing a rush production schedule. But so the acting wasn't very good because everyone was exhausted. Um, and, <clears throat> uh, yeah, he didn't like what, what he had done, I guess, with, like, with Dorothy. So uh, fired that guy and threw out all of the, like, stuff oh they gosh. had filmed. Um, they then brought in a director for, like, two weeks. Um, I also forget his name. That director was then moved to work on Gone with the Wind. And then Victor Fleming, who famously is like the the best known like director of the film, came in. Uh, that second director had already changed the direction of the film and like gone with the more natural looking Garlandish Dorothy. He'd gone with the tornado instead so of with Vic, the wind. Victor Fleming was like, Oh, I'll just keep this approach. To I'll it. keep we'll keep this. But um she was still because these were things that the studio said, not the like right, they were like her keepers, her managers at the studio at uh, Goldwyn Myers. So they they said that she was still like too large, and they uh, they wouldn't let her eat anything other than like chicken broth and coffee. And I've seen that like they were they like forced her to smoke cigarettes, which I was like they put her on benzos as well. Yeah, I think the cigarette thing is there. It, it said that she had a diet of like. She had to smoke like forty cigarettes a week, which I'm like, that's okay, that's all right. Yeah, I'm like, that'll help her voice. So I don't know if that's true, but they, yeah, they gave her like speed to pepper up and like to make her not hungry, and then they they gave her um, like Xanax to go to sleep because you know you she had to get her rest. <laughs> uh, so you- the summary of the directors, real quick. Richard Thorpe was the first director who made her like very like blonde. Yeah. And overworked the actors. You're too blonde. And he was fired. They brought in a guy named Ebsen who changed the direction and like went with like a with you know Judy Garland being Judy Garland. Uh, he was replaced by George Cooker, 
Um, a real kook. George Cougar then moved to Gone with the Wind after like a week. Um, and then Victor Fleming, the main director, was brought on. And Victor Fleming uh, mostly finished it, except for like a handful of like what they call pickup shots. Um, and then Victor Fleming went to went and replaced George Cougar again on Gone with the Wind. Oh, wow. So Victor Fleming was the real director of both The Wizard of Oz and Gone with the Wind. Yes. The Wizard of Oz was nominated for Best Picture and would have won, except it lost to Gone with the Wind. <laughs> so Victor Fleming beat himself. Oh, um, that's cute. Yeah. We like great that. Great director. <laughs> we <laughs> like that. We like that. We love you try and how how are you gonna love yourself? Um how you gonna love how you gonna love your movie if yeah. you can't love your other movie? The film had like a half half dozen different screenwriters as well. Okay, but no one cares right. about that. I mean, maybe okay. my stepmom does. You might be watching this because she's in the in the film. I find it fascinating. No, but we're t this is Pride Month. We want to talk about the camp and the and like the absurdity of it, not like list all the directors. Okay, well we should probably just. Uh... Move on. Though. I keep trying to I move give us one, down this yellow brick road. One shout out to Herbert Stothart. The, uh, oh, we love him. He's like the composer, right? Who okay. like, won all the awards. He actually wrote a lot of the dialogue too. Oh, really? Yeah. So it's kind of neat that he like, apparently the whole like giving out the heart and the brain and the, <laughs> what does he give him? Like a, a diploma? The, the, the brain is a diploma. Yeah. Yeah, it's a diploma. The, I just, I was like, yeah. Well, it actually giving... does get a heart, right? Like a wind up, like, like heart. Yeah. yeah. No, it's it's the, um, the lion needs courage. Oh, the lion needs courage. That's right. The yeah. The man needs a heart. Yeah. Okay. That's why he gets a wind up. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I just, I, I was laughing because you're like, he gives him brain. I was like, okay. Anyway. <laughs> Behind the, the curtain. Uh, Herbert Stothart, like. Wrote that scene yeah. and a bunch of the other dialogue. So credit to the music composer as well. Oh, cool. All right. That's cool. Sorry. Um, yeah. So Dorothy, they're like, this is what everyone wants to talk about. The scandal, right, in the camp. like Judy, so, Judy Garland's mistreatment. Yeah. Well, that's what, I mean, there are so many things that are like, she was mistreated and that's why the, that's why the gays love her. But it's like, not, no. Like, I mean, yes, but no. Like, sh it's that she... Like, she was supportive of the, like, queer community. Her father was probably gay. Um, her pro probably most of her husbands were as well. And th she sings Somewhere Over the Rainbow, which is, like, about, like, moving out of your small town. And, like, it's, like, the original It, it Gets Better and that was the last song that, or that was like the last uh, concert that she, she sang that song at, at this concert at Carnegie Hall before she like overdosed. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think it was both. It was chance that she was like. And she's Liza's mom. <laughs> and she's Liza's mom. But it was chance that she was cast as like Dorothy and like, and what can be interpreted as a very like, right, the campy cowardly lion who's like probably coded as gay. But oh yeah, we'll like talk about the characters, him. right? But, she, but she was them. she was in this film, uh, but then also like, you know, and so she was embraced by like the gay, gay community and these gay fans, and then she embraced them back. She was very proud, yeah, which was rare at the time in like the sixties, you know, fifties and sixties, for her to then embrace and like celebrate her gay fans. So, you know, that I think that's a big part of it. It was like a mutual love both ways. Yeah, and um. 
she, it, she, it is like the story, like, you know, Sturman, she's like, she leaves like her small town. She meets friends that accept her that are like weird, like, you know, indifferent, like she is that are queer, like she is. Um, and they get her and then uh, she gets a pair of fabulous shoes. I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah. So you were, I think you mentioned the shoes were silver originally. Yes. In the book. They, they chose to make them red though because they were like, oh, these are going to look better. It's just like the Viking horns. In yeah. They're going to look better on, on film, oh, on the film. Yeah. So, okay. So Dorothy, she enters Oz and she's like, uh, She's like, where am I? She's like, what's this? Well, that that entire opening sequence, yeah, we were saying is is like really is like a a tour de force of cinema because you get the reveal that it's color followed by a musical number that is like ten different songs in one because every Munchkin group introduces themselves, which is also kind of like the different gay like groups, right? Yeah, the Lollipop Guild, the like. Yeah, but there's another one that's like the Giggle Brigade or something. The Giggle Brigade. Uh, yeah, the I Twinks, mean, right? You, there's you meet the evil witch, you meet the good witch. It's like as far as storytelling goes, that like ten minutes of film is like immediately like lays out and defines like the you know the quest you're about yeah. to go on. It's and a there's great, great in- and there's, introduction. it's the song like the the Glinda song is come out and she's like. She's like, it's okay. You, oh. the, the witch is dead. Like the you lullaby can come league. Out. That's her name. And she's, she's yeah. So it's like yeah. she's like everyone come out. Like don't be afraid. Like come out of the closet. And mm-hmm. she's like, Glinda is like such a drag queen. She, you know. And the witch's socks. The whole like house on this and the, the socks like roll up. Oh, you think? Yeah, because she's like old crusty feet, and like those shoes didn't look good I don't on her. Know who wrote that. <laughs> In, in 1939, into the film, it's like, how about her socks roll up? Yeah, because she's gross. Yeah. She's gross. She's, she's gross. And this, yeah. And then. Yeah, Dorothy takes her shoes. She takes the shoes. And then, so she wants to get home, right? And Glinda's like, I can't help you, but the Wizard of Oz can. And so, like, you got to go find him. Right? I think, I think it's fine if we assume our audience knows the plot of the wizard of oz we don't have to recap that right well i'm just like okay that's so that's where we are in the munchkins right and they're like then they're telling her to follow the yellow brick road so what would you say the yellow brick road is in like modern modern queer culture i don't (laughs) your i don't know your own your own truth probably um i did want to point out though um in that scene where, right, the Wicked Witch of the West shows up and is like, you killed my sister. Prepare to what? die. Wait, wrong movie. So she she leaves. There's like a burst of flames and smoke. Oh, yeah. Margaret Hamilton caught on fire. Caught on fire and got third degree burns on her face. And they were like, oh, my God, we need to, like, help you. Let's get your makeup off with, like, rubbing alcohol, which is like, oh, because the makeup, the makeup was flammable. No, that was the... That was what the, the alcohol was a good choice. Acetone was what they were originally using to take her makeup off. Oh, uh, I thought it was it was alcohol or something that burns when yep. you have burns. Do you want all? Yeah. So, but yeah, like uh, seriously injured the wicked witch. For, and, and she was like, three, she had to take three months off to recover. She was like, I'm not going to do any more fire stunts when I come back here. And then her stunt double, 
like so her, she's like yo you gotta do like this there's like one more there's fire stunt there's thing. one other fire stunt when she needs to ride her broom yeah and like the broom exploded and like her stunt double like and her stunt double was seriously injured like her stunt double will never sit again <laughs> I don't know uh, but Margaret Hamilton was actually she was a she was a friend of Dorothy's mm-hmm. <laughs> on this no she was a she was like probably one of the only like friends that Judy Garland had on set because she was kind of, I don't know. She was kind of like jaded about everything. Like she, she was super happy that she got to be in the movie, but she's like, Oh yeah. What role do you want me to play? And they're like the witch, of course, like you old bag. And she's like, okay, fine, whatever. I'm happy. Rude. Um, I mean, Billy, Billy Burke who played Glinda was like totally like, cool and awesome um and i think it was one of the she was 54 when the when in wizard of oz um well she kind of had her own stuff going on she wasn't really going to be friends with like a kid uh and then the the scarecrow and like the tin man and the lion they they didn't want a child to like outshine them (laughs) So they were kind of mean to Judy Garland as well, which (laughs) they were just, yeah, they, they got mad. Like if she, I don't know, she had like too many dialogue, like too much dialogue or something. They like, and maybe that's why they were so campy. They were like competing with her. Yeah. It's also a musical, but they also, so that part of that goes into the casting too, though. So, so right. Originally Ray Bolger was cast as a Tin Man. But he didn't want to be the Tin Man because he loved to dance and he didn't want to be yes. all like stiff. And that was a good thing. Buddy Ebsen was to be the Scarecrow. Yeah, he's like, make me the Scarecrow. Um, and so then Ebsen was a professional dancer. But Bolger like really wanted to be the Scarecrow because his childhood idol had played the Scarecrow in the stage show. And he had seen the stage show, I guess, 40 years before or something. Yeah. So they switched. It's a good thing because um, the makeup that they used. Which worked out for Ray Bolger because Ebsen then is now the Tin Man. And the makeup they used, he had a severe allergic reaction to. And he like legit turned green. Like he became like the witch basically. And he was like, you guys, I'm really sick. I don't feel good. Cough, cough. And they were like, you're fine. Shut up. And he was like, no, like for real. And then it like, yeah, then he really was sick. And he like turned all sorts of crazy colors. And then... uh he went to the hospital in critical condition and almost died. Yeah, and he got kicked out of the, the movie. Well, so, yeah. Epson they re- kicked him out. The studio was like, you're sick? Get out of the movie. So, Epson <laughs> was replaced by Jack Haley. Yeah, and then they they, they changed whatever was in the, the makeup. They were like, we'll just they change just this used, a little bit. They just instead used uh, aluminum paste with a layer of clown white grease paint to protect his skin. Yeah, oh, underneath to form, um, like, a, a barrier. But at some point, he got an eye infection from it. So, yeah, terrible. And the lion was wearing a real lion's pelt. And they were like, yeah, we're just going to get these lion pelts and make a bunch of them. But then, like, they kept getting the lion pelts. And they were like, oh, these are are all different. We wanted them the same, but they're all different. Uh, How can we work with this? So they're like, we're going to have one lion pelt for the actor and then, like, one for his stunt doubles and that's it and as you said before the lights were like super hot and uh so it was like one stinky lion uh costume yeah. two stinky lion costume yeah bolger has 
in it, like later interviews, Bulger, the who became the Scarecrow, said that like uh, he's like I dodged a bullet. My costume was fine. As the her- the terrifying nature of the costumes <laughs> kept them from going to lunch at like the the studio cafeteria, right? Because they're on like a big studio lot to, sh- yeah. to shoot this movie. Um. So a lot, of, a lot of them like couldn't go. Oh yeah, Margaret to Hamilton services. like her makeup was also they're like your makeup's a little poisonous, so you also like can't eat. Just don't eat. Like just drink. Yeah, you Margaret can't. Hamilton was on a liquid diet for the filming. Maybe that's why she became friends with um, uh, Judy Garland. She's like, we're both drinking soup. Yeah, so, they all had a very <laughs> difficult time um, casting the Munchkins. Was probably the hardest casting thing because they needed over a hundred. Uh, little people, and they wanted, but they wanted children at first, and then they're like, "That's not, that's not going to work." Yeah. They were well all the child paid. labor laws. They were paid a hundred a week, which is the equivalent of like yeah. twenty five hundred dollars a week today, which is like not. So bad. apparently, they get a bad, bad reputation. People are like, "Oh, they were drunk," and like they all this drunk. stuff. No, they weren't. Like they, they were, they were from, um, they were from like a circus troupe in Europe, and like it's. They got like a really bad reputation because like a lot of them didn't speak English, so they like couldn't like def- like they could learn their lines in English, but they like couldn't defend themselves mm-hmm. that much. Um, and so like the the head of the troop of them, he could speak English, and he actually did some voiceover for like Auntie M like during the tornado because like she wasn't loud, like he was used to like being really loud, so his voice is like dubbed actually a bunch of the characters and like yeah um they get a really bad like reputation and i don't think oh, that's they not should. fair oh I didn't yeah know. it's not fair stop it you guys they're they're nice um and then one yeah one very funny thing is that because at the time because they're like this it's 1939 now and this book was written in 1900 we need to make it current for like the kids of oh, today the- so they actually <laughs> recorded a swing dance number Within the Wizard of Oz, called the Jitterbug. Oh, and that was taken out because they need to cut some time. Yeah, I also think they realized once they had like finished the film, that the yeah once they had like completed the film, the initial edit was like two and a half hours. They were like, like, we can't use the Jitterbug. That's like those phones that well, every. <laughs> most movies were only ninety minutes at the time, so they're like, we need to cut a lot from this, yeah. and they were like. Why did we put a modern dance number in this kid's story? It makes no sense. So yeah, originally, apparently, before the the flying monkeys come, the Wicked Witch sends a bug, a, a jitterbug, who challenges Dorothy and the scarecrow and lion, the lion and like Man beats it up. To, oh, he lets them no, sting him. He challenges them to a dance contest. She also sent bees in the book. That's the original lip sync for your the, life. The, Why was the, it taken out? Yeah. They, the, a bug shows up and challenges them to a dance contest, which they win. And that, and then they like, and there's still a reference in it in the movie before sending the flying monkeys, like the, the Wicked Witch of West sends the monkeys off and she's like, they should have no trouble, you know, they should have no trouble capturing them. Cause I've already she's like, don't little- fuck it up. Stop. Listen, this is very important, this line. She goes, there's a, because I've sent a little bug ahead that will slow them down. Or that will take the fight out oh, of them. Oh, yeah. And well, he, yeah. In the book, there were bees. She did send bees. Yeah, and they, like, sing them. Okay. Non-canon. Don't care. Okay. Um, but, but it's very weird that in this film, you're like, wait, 
this bug never showed up. I don't understand. And she was referring to a dance contest that got cut from the movie. That's, I wish they had kept that in. Ugh, why do they have to like burn the film when they were done? When they like, it's on this. It? If you want to hear the song, it's on the soundtrack. I want to see it though. I want to see them. I want to see them j- jitterbug for their lives. Might be a DVD special. I don't know. Yeah. But, but yeah, they, they had to basically, they cut like several musical numbers from the film. Uh, and there were like multiple musical numbers in that. You might have noticed, right? Because it's a musical, but the last like 20 minutes, when they go back to the wizard, they get all their rewards. Dorothy like tries to take the balloon. She like uses the slippers. Then she wakes up in Kansas or whatever. Like there's no songs for like oh yeah the last like 20 minutes of the movie. And usually there's a big musical number at the end of a musical. Yeah. And That's it's, why it, I like the end of the movie the best. Oh, but there, there were multiple songs, but they cut them. And so it just ended up being like a pretty serious last 20 minutes of the movie. But it's weird pacing for a musical that they did that. But Famously, I don't like when people sing in musicals. I wish the musicals yeah. just didn't have the singing. Yeah. but And they they almost cut Somewhere Over the Rainbow. Okay, I like that song, but, though. Oh, yeah. And Victor Fleming was, like, furious, as was Mervyn Leroy, the producer. Like, they both, like, argued. They were like, you are insane. No way. Like... And so they won and got it. Said, cut the jitterbug instead. They kept it, and then it, it like right, it, it won the Academy Award for like best original song in a in a film. The Wizard yeah. of Oz won six Academy Awards, but as we said, it did not win Best Picture, which went to Gone with the Wind by the same yeah. director. Um, yeah. So, so who are the friends? So let's talk about like the lion, the lion. I almost said the lion, the witch of the wardrobe. About um, just like or about the character, the yeah, of it? just the character. Like, the, so the lion who like represents the lion is like the super like mask guy who's like really he's really like a big old softy on the inside. Like maybe he's into so like Bert Lar is his name. Yeah, he he is really great, but he's it's yeah, it's great. Like he um. I love it. He's like a tough guy, but then he's like, yeah, I have a secret. And I'm like, I'm just like a softie. Like, yeah, like, I'm... <laughs> it's a quintessential, like, I don't know, like archetype of a character. Yeah. He's like it's a, a tough guy. who's a softie who then finds their own inner strength. Yeah. Yeah. He's a power bottom. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't think. I mean, I think Burlard kind of decided to play. He's a, it's a cowardly lion, but he decided to play it as such a campy character. Um, oh, okay. yeah, he did. He did uh, decide to play it pretty campy. I mean, they all did. They're all like so. They're all so. Um, oh, Anne of Chelsea. Yeah, what is watching it? says that her family knew Bert Lard quite well. Oh, she was in she a cab with him them. once. That's wild. Oh, wow. Well, I hope he took off that stinky lion pump. Yeah, the stinky lion pump. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's acting, but it seems like a, a real sweetheart of a character. Yeah. And, yeah, I love how he's he's always holding his own tail. It's like his security. It's like his lioness, kind of, like his little security. If I had a tail, I would totally, like, if I was scared, I'd, like, hold it. I'd be like, ah. Apparently when he came on set, Judy Garland couldn't stop laughing and the director, like, smacked her. <laughs> Victor Fleming, it is reported that Victor Fleming uh, slapped Judy Garland a lot. Yeah, but then he would always feel bad about it, and he would tell the rest of the cast to, like, slap him. 
And then Judy would always like kiss him and be like, don't worry. Oh, that's. Yeah. Sort of kind of slapstick. Stockholm, Stockholm a little bit slapstick, <laughs> isn't it? You know what I mean? Yeah. That's, that's so, uh, not a good working environment. All right. The Cowardly Jeez. Lion. And the, yeah, the Scarecrow. The Scarecrow is great because he's the best dancer. Mm. He's also the one that she that uh, she says that she'll miss the most, which is like super shady of her because she says it in front of like all. Well, do you know why? <laughs> no. Oh, she's he's the first one that she meets. No, because originally also this is also like totally cut from the film and from the final edit. She has an implied romance with one of the, far- you know how the farmhands in Kansas oh, yeah. map to the Oz characters, yeah. right? And she has an the implied- farmhands? She has an implied romance with one of the like helpers oh. on the farm, which is weird because she's 16, but like with, but yeah, the one who is the scarecrow. And that's why she's then closest to the scarecrow as they wrote it. And oh. then at the very end of the film, also cut, Totally reasonably. She kisses him. They make out. They no, that farmhand gets into agricultural college. What? <laughs> yes. That's Again, I know you're, you're like, who wrote that? What the fuck were they thinking? It's like, good. That's why they're editors and they cut that. But the that farmhand gets into agricultural college and she and him have a very tender moment before he like goes off that like implies that like. That she's not going to college. That <laughs> yeah. That she, <gasps> she's, well, by 1939, she at least had the vote. But, uh, True. Yeah, but, but uh, Im- implies that like she's gonna like there's like gonna be a romance. She's like, I'll miss you. Like, but she. Yeah. But yeah, thank you. They cut that out. But so that's also why there's a weird line. I think yeah, I'll miss you most of all. She says it, and she's like, I'll miss you and you, and then she's like, I'll miss you most of all. And it's like, dude, like this is like in front of your friends who like. They all, they all almost died for you. You went on this together, and then she's like, you're the best one. You can dance the best. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that Tin Man's, like, super cool, though, because he's, like, a robot, and that's awesome. It's, like, so futuristic, and I love that. Yeah. He's, oh, my gosh, maybe he's the... Um, oh, I thought you were going to say the Queen song, Mr. Roboto. No, it was, like, maybe he's the one who's, like, he's, like, the... He's like the non, he's kind of like the non-binary one. And he's like, no one. You're doing what that teacher did where you're just like, Frank Baum didn't write any of this into like the book. You're you're going retrospectively. Yeah, I'm just using my, I know I'm doing what Frank Baum did and I'm using my imagination and being silly. Oh, okay. Great. (laughs) I'm, I'm like trying to place them into our world that we are right now, which is we're right in Mm -hmm. in the heart of Chelsea. So. Mm -hmm. Sure. Yeah. Well, do you want to talk more about the film or like the or, or like are we done with the core of that? And now we're going to talk about the cultural impact. What's your favorite moment in the book's favorite moment time? Um, what's my favorite moment in the film? Um, hmm. I guess that I really love the opening scene with the munchkins. It has stuck with me since I saw oh, it as yeah. a child. And the the. The Lollipop Guild's intro song still haunts me to this day. Like in a good way? Like the way that Beyonce haunts you? You need to go, I can't sing, so I'm not going to reproduce it. But there's this weird, almost goose step that the munchkins do while swinging lollipops, saying we represent the Lollipop Guild. Oh, yeah. Um, That, yeah, really just struck a nerve. 
Like a good, <laughs> like a sad, happy? Like what kind of? It's so bizarre and campy. I think that's my own. Even I, as a, a straight white male, have a campy sensibility. I think in part because of like just seeing how how bizarre and confident it was <laughs> that whole film. Um, so yeah, I love that scene. I like the poppies falling asleep scene. Um, oh yeah, poppies. because that field looks so relaxing, and the way the chorus sings during that. And then I really love after the monkeys have attacked and like beaten up the heroes, right? And the scarecrow's like they 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 beat the stuffing out of me. Oh, that's what that's that's like super campy. He's like put my arm over, over there, there. and my legs over there. It's like so over the top. And then I think the lion is like, well, that's oh, just no. you everywhere, which is like. <laughs> Yes, like that's amazing. Well, that's the best line. Yeah. But it's yeah, it is so over the top. He's like over that and over that. Right. He says it like that. Well, that's just you everywhere. Yeah, and then well, I guess yeah, it's just you everywhere. Yeah. Which is like, I I love that. Like yeah, that's like the friend if you're freaking out, and then you're and then you have like another friend who's like super chill, and they're just like, I guess like the line was like the pot smoker one. Yeah, I don't personally love Judy Garland's actual approach to Dorothy. Every single line she says, it sounds like she's scared. Um, yeah, which is when we talk, we talk about the Wiz. That's like Diana yeah, Ross. Yeah, Diana Ross totally picked up and used that, that exact style. But at least Dorothy does have some fun with like her friends. She's not yeah, the whole time she like. Yeah, Dorothy. Yeah. Oh, I don't. I couldn't. Yeah, but she's from Kansas, so it's not her fault. But Diana Ross's character is from Harlem, so like she should be cooler. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, the cultural impact. So this is really interesting because, right? It's the history of the Wizard of Oz is really skipping through the entire like 20th century because it was yeah. like book was written in 1900. Oh yeah, people did Movie they came love out it? 1939. After um, it came out, or did they hate it? It was critically acclaimed. As we said it won six Academy Awards. Um, it broke even. It, it was like, it did fine at the box office, but it wasn't like... Did the children love a it? A mega success. Gone with the Wind did much better. Um, Probably because we were starting a war at that time. Children liked it. I mean, it, it did well. It was like, and you can imagine, like, we still think it's a really visually stunning film. And yeah. it's really good. So particularly at the time when there were still, like, black and white movies coming out, people were like, holy shit. Like, and it, and it was well-reviewed for the most part. A handful of reviewers were like too campy or I don't know. They just they were like, well, it's a children's story, but it's all over the place. But but most it's of all over the place. most of them realized that it was like a really great film. Um but then it was like, you know, like it's not like anybody now talks about Titanic or something is like we're just like, yeah, that was a good film that came out Speak twenty for years yourself. ago. So that's kind of what time did to Wizard of Oz. People sort of like, after the studio release, people mostly forgot about it. Until. Until. Television. Television. Was invented. And so the, the Wizard of Oz had only broken even, but like, as of today, it has grossed, right, it was made for a $3 million budget. As of today, it's grossed like $25 million because it came out on TV. And it was played every year at the holidays, and it was a holiday tradition. So NBC aired it in 1956. So... 16 years, what, 17 years after it originally came out, NBC aired it, uh, and it got, like, great response. And so then they aired it annually, and it became, like, a tradition to, like, show The Wizard of Oz around the holidays. 
Um, a holiday tradition. And that's when they refer to it as, because that's like a, you know, generational difference, 17 years. They refer to it as the public rediscovered the film. And again, this is like 40s and 50s. No one had VHS. So once a movie went out of theaters, you couldn't really see it again. Oh, yeah, that's true. So think about that. Like, maybe you could get like a real, real like tape copy, but like no one, projectors were rare. Um it really wasn't until like the 60s, 70s people had like home recording systems. So that's why the public sort of forgot about it. Um, but yeah, then it, once it was on television, people absolutely loved it and loved seeing it. Um, and so that's why it has really survived to the present day. And now we'll talk about. Oh. Well, we should talk about Judy, Judy Garland. Judy Garland. I was just yeah. going to say. Yeah. And now we'll talk about Judy Garland. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, she had a very troubled life, right? Everyone yeah. was an asshole to her on the Wizard of Oz set, but that was just the beginning of it. She wanted to be, she wanted to be a super superstar, and she wanted to be hot and like a sexy superstar. And she, um, she got paired up with this makeup artist who totally redid her eyebrows. <laughs> we all know how that can change someone's face, mm-hmm. and just like re, just sort of revamped everything and and um what's the one the music man right the the trolley that's the the clang clang went the trolley Mm -hmm. it was for that one and uh okay she had like a moment where she was like feeling sexy there um yeah but she did have like a very like people were always telling her that she wasn't enough or fill in the blank um yeah she had multiple husbands. She had a lot of up and downs with her weight and with like various yeah. diets and unhealthy like lifestyles. Which I mean, so that started um, when she was like a child, literal child. Yeah. And so. like as a result, then was like depressed, had but, problems with alcohol because of her depression. You know who loved her was her gay fans, mm-hmm. and they said that she was like more than enough. And I, you know, that's one of the reasons why she's like, yeah, she's, she's, a, gay she's icon. a gay icon. But also that she, as we said, she, she embraced her fans. Yeah. And that was uh, when The Wizard of Oz did first premiere in 39. Um, she, like, performed live um, with, I forget it was, with the other characters, like the lion and scarecrow or whatever. They did, like, live performances in New York City when it premiered in New York City to, like, after each, like, showing of the film for, like, originally one week. And then they extended it for another two weeks. But she really loved live performance, yeah. which is like kind of rare for a movie star. Well, she was originally a singer with her sister. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, she had a, I forget, she had a different last name. And uh, her family had to move, I think, because her father was a- accused of being ho- homosexual. Oh my god, that's so funny. Todrick is starting a live video. Oh, nice. he, must, he must know that we're talking about The Wizard of Oz. Todrick, we love you. You're the best. He has a, he has a, he made a Wizard of Oz. Patrick Hall very much. Yeah. yeah. Probably our modern, modern celebrity most in love with the Wizard of Oz. Yeah. Our modern yeah. scarecrow. Mm-hmm. That's who he said he identifies oh, with. Oh, nice. Uh, but yeah, so Judy Garland was a singer with her, with her sisters. And her mother was sort of like the Sunset Boulevard. Like, it's not the, you know, it's not me that got small. It's the pictures that got mm-hmm. small. Like. Um, she was sort of like an aging starlet and uh, put all of her 
grievances on her children. Yeah. Yeah. And Judy Garland really did have like the best voice of their family. It, it, It sounds like very womanly even in Wizard of Oz. Like it, it's. And, and, like, the range that it goes to is, like, really crazy, I think. I don't know. I don't know anything about music. But just, yeah. What what would you say as a so musician? One one thing that is, this is an interesting thing. Not necessarily Judy Garland. She has a great, yeah, very clear voice. But uh, for musicians who are doing ear training, where a big part of it is identifying intervals. Yeah. And Somewhere of the Rainbow famously starts with an octave jump. Right. Which is so like you can hear it in your head. Just play the first note. That's yeah. like a full, which is very rare that a vocal line will jump a full octave. Um, and it's funny they do it right off the bat. Um, so I don't know. Take from yeah. that whatever psychoacoustic thing you want. From I it. think it's but like it's a, a very neat thing about that song. Yeah, it go, it's like it's like her leaving her simpler life. She's jumping into Oz. Ooh, foreshadowing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And somewhere over the rainbow was like the last song that she that she sang. sang. That she sang live. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we should talk about then. Yeah, the cultural impact of that. So even while like right while Judy Garland was famous and like she became this sort of camp like a icon, uh, and famously like uh, like where was I think it's in Time Magazine wrote a review of her live stage show that she was doing in the 60s. And they referred to, dismissively to the boys in tight trousers. Yes, yeah. yeah. Um, which is their euphemism for the gays. Um, and and like, they're like, oh, they, well, they love her. They're th- these, these like boys in tight trousers prancing around throwing roses on the stage. Um, and they even, in the time... It's the Time Magazine article, they consult like a psychoanalyst to be like, why do the gays love Judy Garland? Yeah. And the psychoanalyst told them and other people said, it's like, well, they identify with struggle. And she's had such a hard life um, that like, you know, they see her as an icon because she's overcome so many difficulties. And as we said earlier, I'm like, well, that's half the story. It's also that she loves them. Yeah. And like embraces her fans. You know, and it's not judgmental. And she's beautiful like, and talented and like, you know, and despite the studios like being assholes or whatever, she's in tons of movies and like did have a very like full, like a, a career oh, yeah. full of many achievements, I guess. Um, and she's, she's Liza, she's Liza's mom too. She's Liza's mom. Liza mom. Um. Yeah, so as we... Oh, and then the fr- the friend of Dorothy. Yeah. Right? So, so... Throughout the Prohibition era, actually, is when I think this... It kind of started around then, but now it's, like, well-known as, like, coded slang for, for being gay, is if you're a friend of Dorothy. Or if you're or just, an ally. Yeah. LGBTQ yeah. Um, is a friend of Dorothy. And... Yeah, you hear it in Clueless. Remember in Clueless where, yeah, like... Yeah. Yeah. So it could Murray's be. he's like, your, your man Christian's gay. And they're like, not even. And he's like, yeah, he's a Streisand ticket holding. Streisand ticket holding. Friend of Dorothy. Yeah. yeah. Oscar Wilde reading friend of Dorothy. Which I'm like, okay, so am I. <laughs> yeah. Um, As are all people of good taste, I believe. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it refers to probably both the fictional character Dorothy, but also Dorothy Parker, 
Um, yeah, the famous hold, sort of like writer women suffragist. She would hold. She would hold gay soirees. <laughs> adult gay soirees during and, uh, prohibition. There's yeah, a, a gin named after Dorothy Parker. It's pretty good. What is it called? Dorothy Parker. No, I know that was a joke. <laughs> yeah, Jennifer. <laughs> <laughs> <Like Genevieve. laughs> uh, and um, Juniper. There, there's like the like the Navy or something like the the CIA. I don't know. They they were like looking for someone named Dorothy because they were like trying to figure out who the gays were, and they were like they're all friends with this one woman, yeah. the kingpin of there's, gays there's named Dorothy. A really dumbass military investigation of trying to find someone named Dorothy, which I yeah. love. Like that's so. That's so funny yeah. because, like, I just imagine them going to, like, all these, like, gay clubs and being, like, being, like, is Dorothy here? And they're, like, yeah, sure. And they're, like, yeah, in yeah, the... Get on in yeah. Here. And they're, like, in the club with, like, some hood and, like, you know, like, some mat. I had sex with several men. That yeah. Day. Did was not, not find... Able, was not able to... Live I enjoyed it. <laughs> could not find Dorothy, though. Love Maybe tomorrow. Yeah, when reporting, I, you know. reporting back to the generals. Yeah. It is the general. The general, yeah. I had sex with so many men. Yeah, and then and then then they just they're like, uh, we're joining the we're joining the navy now. <laughs> we're becoming seamen. They seem to be having more fun. Yeah, they they have the cool pants, <laughs> tight and then flared. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's also, I mean, the Stonewall riots. People are like, it's because Judy Garland died that, but it's like, that just that was like, I guess the. There is it 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 quite possibly is like factual that it was a right, catalyst. Be, it was a catalyst because right the Stonewall riot it really was started because of because well, duplex well police tattled on this is Stonewall. <laughs> according to our correspondent, secret lost resident gay Cy, uh, duplex tattled on Stonewall, and they the two bars would compete and send the cops to raid the other one uh, throughout the '60s, but also. The uh, the the Stonewall riot happened the day of Judy Garland's funeral. Yeah, and it's like, you know, without a doubt, there were a ton of people mourning and grieving after the funeral um, at the Stonewall Inn, and the Stonewall Inn was routinely raided by like New York City cops at the time, um, but they picked basically like that particular day a bunch of like drag queens and gays just weren't fucking having it. And yeah. so like through Honey, I'm not having decided it today. to like throw bricks and refuse to get arrested and like put up with this shit. For and that's why days. a riot happened. Yeah. Well and then the riot lasted for days. Yeah. Um, and it happened on June twenty eighth. Hmm. So we're ahead we're ahead. Uh, anticipating it. But that's yeah. why Pride is, you know, yeah. the last weekend in June. But uh yeah. Don't let anybody whitewash Stonewall. As they say, right? Someone was riot caused by police brutality. Yeah. Police just raiding a gay club for no reason. Yeah. Um, but those gays may have been in a, a particularly foul mood because Judy Garland had just died. Yeah. And they're all drinking hard. Yeah. And like. And also, like, you don't, yeah, don't fuck with like a drag queen. Like, what do you, yeah. it's, it's a grown ass man who will clock you. It's also yeah. just like, don't <laughs> fuck with, like, don't fuck with gays. Like, yeah, yeah just don't. <laughs> yeah, just don't do it. Uh, the write-ups, the write-ups, the the historical documents we went to, the Times write-ups of the of Stonewall as it happened, are uh, basically like it was. Yeah, a, a fabulous scene. So they talk about like 
yeah, various like drag queens being arrested or whatever, and just like catwalking to like the paddy wagon. Yeah, it, which and I, it being this sort of almost like you know jubilant celebratory scene, followed by the riot and people throwing bottles at cops and like driving them off, yeah. basically. Um, yeah, and which lasted several days because as a chip, as a chip, as a chip. As a chip, should we, should we talk about The Wiz a little bit? <laughs> so let's, now we'll fast forward some more. Is again, with like, yeah, The Wiz of Oz being this cultural touchstone throughout the 20th century. So, yeah, all the way to The Wiz in, what was it, 73? 79? Yeah. Oh no, was, oh, no, no, early, early 70s, because that's, what are the, whatever the year Studio 54 it was shot in the early 70s because whatever okay. the years Studio 54 existed during, those were the years. And I think that was early 70s. But it, it might have been released in like 79. 78. But, there you go. Yeah, but it, was, but it was shot like many. It was shot several years before. Oh, okay. We know this because Michael Jackson, mm -hmm. they got him an apartment in... To get him away from his father. Yeah. If, and, so he was like 18 or so. And he was going to Studio 54 during the filming. That's how I know. Oh, okay. All right. So yeah. that must have been like 76, probably. They filmed it. came out in 78. Yeah. So The Wiz is uh, an uh, all-black cast uh, retelling of The Wizard of Oz. But it's based on a play, which was also... Which was based on... Was originally... Well, the irony there, right, is that the the... The Wiz is not based... Yeah, the, the Wiz was based on a play, which was based on a movie, which was also based on a play, because there was a Wizard of Oz play in 1902, which was yeah. based on a book in 1900. It's so meta. It's, uh, yeah, art, culture repeating itself. Some stories are timeless, and they kind of always yield themselves to, like, cultural retellings. I mean, The Wizard of Oz is, is modern day... You know, it's a Shakespeare in its own way. Mm -hmm. You can reinterpret it. So, yeah, tell us, tell us the plot of the Wiz real quick. So, there's a lonely school teacher, a substitute teacher, um, in Harlem, and she's, like, very shy. And she goes... Dorothy. Yes, and she goes on an adventure throughout yeah. New York to yeah. find herself, and she meets, she meets some friends. But Oz is uh, Wall Street. And it's very... So... It's a very, like, I don't know. It's campy, but, like, gratingly campy, I feel. It. Like, she plays it, like... It's not good camp. Yeah, no, it's, it's bad camp. It doesn't... Yeah. It's, it's failed seriousness, which good. I guess is good camp, but it's... Supposed yeah. so. There's a lot of just, like... It's like sh shrieking while standing in place. It's like the never-ending story. It's like that. By it's a like um, it's like uh, the the little boy from Neverending Story, where it's like, yeah. show yourself to me, <laughs> show yourself to me, oh, it's like, yeah. yeah. Oh, it's yeah. Ian. Hey, Ian. We're talking about the Wiz. Yeah. Uh, uh, it is interesting how Diana Ross got the the lead part. Yeah, she she offered the Michael Jackson. Because right, if Judy Garland was too old to play Dorothy at sixteen. Diana Ross was in her 30s. She was 33. It was yeah. her Jesus year, and she was hell bad. She was like, no one will stop me from Dorothy. She, she heard that someone was, uh, yeah, adopting the stage show, which she really liked, to a movie. And they they wanted the, I think they wanted the original, like, stage actress to play yeah. Dorothy. And that actress was, like, the right, the correct Dorothy age, I guess. Like, which, like, she, 12. She was, like, like early 20s about, and could play, yeah. could play like, 
teens or whatever. But, but, they, but also a great singer and dancer, I love, too. Yeah, Diana Ross, yeah. they were like, she's too old like to be this child so we'll make her a school teacher we'll make her child adjacent which i I love they picked like school teacher for her yeah yeah yeah, she's a school teacher living in harlem but she's very shy she's shy and she wears a a i don't know dowdy skirt like like a yeah it's like a white little like dress yeah but they never they like it's weird though because i feel like they made her look older in their attempts to make her look younger because they like didn't put makeup on her and they gave her like a very small hair like very small like ap- like she because she was known for like she's got a tight a, sort of a tight afro yeah yeah but she had these like really big like afros and like very glam makeup and i yeah, feel like was, that gave her kind yeah. of like a youthful like pizzazz she was known for being so glamorous on stage yeah and this performer. just made yeah. her look like she's still she's gorgeous but like it yeah i was like mm, eh. I don't know. I would have done things a little different. I would have thrown a little glitter on there. <laughs> Made yeah. her hair a little little tiny bit And bigger. then the the creatures are... Yeah, the irony is that if your jumping off point is the original Wizard of Oz, where you've got flying monkeys, or like in the book there was like the the weird like people made of China and stuff. Like Oh yeah, the, China, the delicate China the people. Delicate China people. <laughs> delicate China people. Trademark. Um, <laughs> instead, the monsters and like threatening creatures are like the scene in the subway it's just like the trash cans are trying to eat them and yeah. this is weird inflated dolls and then the pillars of the subway are like chasing them they and break like, off and they chase them yeah. like everything's trying to eat them like, this is sort of just an uncreative like acid trip like in the but subway but it's like a very surreal like the odds when they see it it's like three empire state buildings and they're green and it's like super that's like pretty trippy yeah um oh who plays oz Oh, uh, Richard Pryor. Richard yeah, Pryor. <laughs> which and he's like a dude who he was in Vegas and then he like fell he like fell asleep, right? Or Atlantic City. That's the story for. I think yeah, Atlantic City he's in Atlantic like... City and he like he got lost and like yeah. Is he, he a just, stand-up like, comedian or is he a wiz- like a wizard? He's just like a dude who was he's like gambling or something and he got yeah. He it's got so lost. funny, yeah, because Richard Pryor is is like such a hilarious like comedian, but he's like, he's like yeah. She like wakes and he's like oh god. Um, and yeah, Michael Jackson's a scarecrow. Also weird makeup. I mean, the makeup artist is iconic and I, I forget his name, but mm-hmm. he did like Terminator and like some, and like Jurassic Park and stuff like that. Um, yeah. but his makeup, they're just weird because he did, apparently the scarecrow makeup took four hours and like Michael Jackson would go home and sleep with it on and then come back to work, which is so bad for your skin. Like, oh my God, I cringe. Yeah. Michael Michael Jackson was so serious about, because this was his first, I guess, like major feature film, was so serious about it that he would keep the makeup on so that he could like get more sleep before having to come in. Or he just liked to sleep. I mean, that's... Or he just liked to sleep. I don't know. That's like... but But it looks like they just gave him like another chin. I think that they wanted... To make him look like his, he was like a burlap sack, like his skin was like stuffed with the, but they just kind of gave him like a fat extra face on his face. And I'm just like, he's such a cute little face. (laughs) Yeah, it's not really clear why they have to make him look like that. Anyway, he he sounds amazing on the soundtrack though. Oh, he sounds so good. Yeah. And Uh, like Diana Ross also sounds like really good. And the, the ending song too is like, yeah. Okay. And then probably, 
ironically, the most important cultural touchstone probably is that Quincy Jones, uh, who was already a well-known producer and like musician at the time, did the soundtrack for The Wiz. And he did not want to. He very begrudgingly did it. And he didn't like the, the film. Um, but he met Michael Jackson. And Michael Jackson was like, oh, yeah, I'm, I want to do like my own album. Like, you want to help yeah. me with it? And Quincy Jones was like, yes, I do. Yes. So famously, that went on to produce Thriller and Off the Wall. Yeah. And yeah. And like every Michael Jackson Thriller's, hit that you know was produced by Quincy Jones. The music video of Thriller is like similar to like the aesthetic. A little bit. But even the wolf makeup on the Thriller video looks cooler than oh yeah oh totally yeah but just like the smoke like because they're in new york like there's like smoke there's a lot of smoke and like it's also like cabs she keeps trying to get a cab and like they never stop for her that's before uber so yeah they they never stop well she thinks that the cabs are the yellow brick road and then there's like a real yellow brick road it probably was a commentary on like the racism of like trying to catch a cab while black uh you think yeah um Not just, yeah. Yeah, and the lion is like a library lion, and yeah. Oh, that is very cute. Like he's he's patience or fortitude. Yeah, the the library library lions. And the Tin Man is like a very sexual, like yeah. I mean, because the the Tin, he's like he's like I need lube. Give me. He's like he's like he's like if you grease me up. Yeah, if he's like if you if you grease me up, then I can bend my knees again. You're like okay. Yeah, and it, uh, so famously, when when showing Oz, when Dorothy like makes Oz in, in the Wiz, it's a dance scene that had six hundred fifty uh, dancers in it, and like over three hundred crew members were needed to shoot the thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and they all had to have like at least three different outfits because the wizard would say like, "Okay, everyone, be red now," and they'd all like change color, which is super beautiful to watch, but. I yeah I was thinking like because I I worked on a movie and we had like maybe fifty like uh, like fifty like extras in one scene and that was like a lot just the makeup artists the costumes you had to like chase them down and get the cost like the little makeup things like back from them and like you know I can't imagine like six hundred yeah. like that's wild and then they also filmed throughout New York City which is very expensive it's very expensive so. Yeah, it was the a, permitting. The Wiz was pricey, and it did not. It was the I, most expensive movie ever, I think, at that time. Yeah, it was like, something like thirty million, I think. Yeah, was the budget for it. I have it here at um, the box office. Yeah, so if you love The Wizard of Oz, go watch The Wiz. I mean, some of the set pieces and dancing and songs are like really great in that, but it's not. Oh yeah, like, Lena Horn. Like that's Lena Horn's the Good Witch, and she. Oh sings the house down at the end and it's like it's very good it's highly very good yeah you should yeah um yeah as a series of music videos it's great it's great art i suppose and yeah you should also see uh todrick's wizard (laughs) yeah so todrick hall uh as we know, I mean, we were introduced to Todrick from RuPaul's Drag Race, but also like Nails, Hair, great, great Heels, the the hit song, <laughs> Nails, Hair, Hips, Heels, and what is it like? Soap, mask, gloves, soap, soap scrubs, um, classics, yeah. classics. So uh, Todrick absolutely loves The Wizard of Oz. He said that he loved it so much when he was little. 
he had what he had two he had a rewinder so he, he was two like copies of the vhs tape yeah and so he would put one in the rewind like he'd have one like rewound so when go. the first one like ended he could immediately start watching yeah. it again and he yeah he said that he identifies with the scarecrow because he could dance and because the dorothy loved him most of all <laughs> okay yeah yeah but he has a uh, his own r&b album um straight out of oz yeah which is like I don't think he uses any of the original music or songwriting. But no, he wrote Oz it all influence. himself. Yeah, original yeah. album. This is like, I think, second album. So he's also known. Go check it out if you want to argue about the. Wizard before of Oz. Drag Race, he's he was known, which he was known for like producing these insane music videos, like create like, and he would do the budget and everything himself, and they would get like millions of views, mm-hmm. um, just because he wanted to. Like he just he was like, I need to like have this made. I need it to be a thing, which I identify with so much. Yeah. Yeah. Today we were talking about like we're like streaming this and it's like, yeah, it's fun to dress up. You need for this a pod. made. I need this podcast out there. I need it out there. Well, uh, I need to dress up for this podcast. And then there it's are, so fun. There are other adoptions of the Wizard of Oz out there, which we learned about. So famously there was a a like sex education uh, PSA video that's I don't know the why they Jizz. I don't know why they did this, but yeah, it's about the Wizard of uses the Wizard of Oz story, but uh, involves like I think it's either Dorothy or one of the characters is HIV positive, and it ends yeah. with the Wizard being like there is no cure for AIDS, um, but they yeah. do like put a condom on like the witch i think <laughs> what yeah it's wild it was wild and surreal they put it on the end of her broom mm-hmm. they're like wrap this shit, wrap up. This shit up that's why you're catching fire oh that's like her freaking but like this is, during, this is during the 90s when there was lots that's of her, hiv awareness that's her stuff. chlamydia they're like you riding around mm-hmm. on this broom that's mm-hmm. why you're always catching fire bitch mm-hmm. <laughs> <Okay>. you bitch <laughs> yeah instead of flying monkeys they're slying crabs like oh, I love things. the okay. I love the flying monkeys. I love the I love monkeys and I love flying anything. And like I I wanted one so bad. Oh my mm. god, they're so cute. So you know, in the right in the book, the the king of the flying monkeys like talks to Dorothy, and yeah. it's like, oh yeah, we're bound by this magic uh, cap that you. Like, oh yeah, because she controlled them. Yeah, yeah, she controls. By them. this, that's a different wizard of Oz. I think it is the magic hat. Yeah, magic hat that like, controls us. That uh. <laughs> That, like, we have to show up three times. So, like, Dorothy uses him to, like, get around on the rest of her journey to go find... Uh, oh, my God. They're so cute. Before she finally, like, goes home. But, uh... And then she, like... At the very end, they, like, free the monkeys. By, like... Free the monkeys! Yeah, so they, like, give them... Give the king, like, the hat. And so then they're... Free. Oh, yeah, there's also Wicked. Oh, yeah. Very important. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't, I saw it. I saw the musical Wicked. So Wicked's a musical from the the point of view of, of the the Wicked Witch, right? Yes, and her her name is like some uh, palindrome kind of situation of like Oz. It's like of oh, a Frank Baum or like Oz, something okay. like that. Um, Alpha Elf. Yeah, it's like a mix. It's like Alphabud or something. I don't know. I didn't really pay attention that much. It's like, it's crazy because they, yeah, they, because remember there's like. Good show? Eh, 
Okay. I don't know. I think it's so cool that like the Wicked Witch is bad. Like, why do we have to make her be good? You know. Okay. I don't know because she's like a bad. She's a bad bitch, and I love yeah, that about her. Bad. And she is like a castle full of monkeys, and like, so so what? She's green, whatever. Like that's that's okay. Yeah, I mean, she is. I th I think this is in like Wicked. They're like she's just trying to avenge her dead sister, too. Yeah, right? some girl showed up and dropped a house on her sister. So of course she's like pissed off. Yeah, I just love her beat. Like I feel like she. I feel like. Uh, like um margaret hamilton is like she's like playing it campy though she's like winking like and i feel like m being like okay let's let's like explain like how this all happened it's like you're taking the fun out of it like the original one you know it's like okay and there's like some animal abuse like under yeah. undertelling well, in, the, in the book she wasn't necessarily an old hag either she was like maybe a more seductive witch on par with her sister yeah they made i think they but, they, they made her like an old but hag for the film of, they 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 they're like yeah, Hamilton, they, just, your old they just played her as like an old hag witch um. but like i think it's fine to like make her hot like i i'm gonna be a hot wicked witch on uh <laughs> Okay. On Saturday, you your, review. Co your copper paint ready. Totally, I'm gonna yeah. be on fire in a different, a different sort of way. Um, yeah, and they make Glenda bad, which is mm -hmm. like, she's good. Like, and oh, people don't like that she didn't tell Dorothy like right away that the shoes could get her home. But like, if she did, if she told her, then we wouldn't have Wizard of Oz. Yes, she never would have gone on the journey of self discovery. Yeah, I love the Wizard of Oz is like the original catfish too. Can we talk? Oh, just that he... Well, he's, he's like, my head is so big, and says, I, like, control he's everything. He's like, I'm a mediocre wizard, but I'm, like, a pretty good traveling... Like, he's like a, a medicine man quack, too, right? Yeah, Around, like, yeah. Tra uh, like, his little wagon or whatever, selling snake oil. Yeah. But sometimes you need a little bit of snake oil to, like, feel confident. Like, if it's confidence snake oil, and you take it, it's like... Yeah. And you feel good, then like it works. Well, that's how all the like patent medicine like things worked. It was all like placebo effects. Or they would kill you. Or kill you. Yeah. What's something that you realized that you had inside of you all the time, like, <laughs> like Dorothy's ability to go home? Um. Oh man, I don't know. That's tough one. I have I have lots of confidence. I'm not. Oh yeah, that's yeah, true. Yeah, I'm more of I've been like a a post lion my whole my whole career. Yeah, you are like yeah. a post lion. That's so true. <clears throat> you once were like, "What voice do you hear in your head?" And I was like, "I hear a voice that's telling me that I suck at everything and that I'm bad." <laughs> and you were like, "Oh, I hear a voice that tells me that I'm good at everything." Yeah, the Willem. Yeah, the, the Willem voice. Right. Like, I had like. Why don't you just listen to the voice that says you can do it? Yeah. Well, now now that's that's what I do. Yeah. I'm trying to think. Yeah, I guess that's. I think we've exhausted our all of our knowledge. What did tell me what I had inside of me know. the whole time? What did you have? <laughs> like, I don't. What did you ever doubt? Like artistic vision. Mm. Your artistic vision. I think. Oh, it, the ability oh, to make Ariel. Great art. I yeah. I I doubted my Ariel stuff. Mm. Um, and I. I should have known better because my name's Ariel, so I had it in me since birth mm -hmm. that I could fly. There you go. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's really funny. I remember telling someone that, like, I, I was like, oh, yeah, now I think I'm, like, really good. And they were like, are you kidding? You're the reason why I wanted to be good. And I was like, ah, I had, like, a Romy and Michelle-like moment, That's you know? It. Yeah. Well, there you have it. There you have That's it. Where where can That's people us. Um, see us this this weekend? So, yeah, this weekend. We're back. We're back on our bullshit. This mm-hmm. weekend we're doing a... Uh, a streaming rave show and yes. so you'll be doing three aerial sets as characters from the wizard of oz i will be a character from wizard of oz djing a set inspired by the wizard of oz what? um we're gonna have some friends that we meet along the way we'll have some friends join and us. if you want to be one of the friends that joins us you can dm us mm-hmm. yeah so coming out of this if you're in new york city you can come hang on out with us saturday night you That's can meet us 9... for real you can touch our faces yes. 9 p.m uh, only if you're vaccinated. No, I, I mean if you're I'm not, well, yeah, so really it's your shit. fault. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> I'll get you sick. I'll, uh, I'll I'll get you sick with my. Germs. So that'll be 9 p.m. Saturday. Uh, if you also want to just hang out in person, see a comedy show, that's going to be this Friday at 8 p.m. at Secret Loft. We're and back doing live shows, and then this is all leading up to next Saturday. Pride at 10 p.m. We're having a pride party. I thought it was nine. I think we might shift it a little later. It might start at 9, but you should yeah. show up at 10 anyway. Because, like, who comes early? Yeah. Except for children. Maybe I left it. Maybe it's 9 to 3 still. Yeah, it should be. I don't know. Weigh in. Say something in the comments. Yeah. Do you want it, do you want it like, early, early? I, I don't know if people are still in their early stuff or if, like, New York's back or what the deal is. Let us know. All right. Maybe we'll have it at the more reasonable time, 9 to 3. I think so. Okay. <laughs> we've, all, we've all aged a bit this past year i mean speak for yourself hunty (laughs) but the reason why is because i've been going to bed early okay so we'll see you yeah we'll see you at at pride next saturday next saturday next week for another question block we'll we'll be talking about lgbtqa plus history oh nice because yeah this whole month we've been doing like pride adjacent things like colors and like wizard of oz fantasy yeah and then it's culminating with like the history which is probably going to be the most entertaining because when we talk about historic like figures yeah hilarity ensues okay can't wait i'm looking forward to it like the king we talk about like king the gay kings and queens Mm -hmm. and like yeah (laughs) <laughs> the queens the queens the kings right. yeah oh uh, tell your friends about us and like leave us a review and you can suggest uh, five stars only please mm-hmm. we'll burn you like the witch if you don't thanks for listening thanks for listening thanks for listening